This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. In September of 1847, at the age of 54, Henry Francis Light gave his last sermon. The preacher had contracted tuberculosis. Are we going good with that? Thank you for all the help from the crowd. But despite his weakness and pain, he he desired to declare the gospel again. His family urged him to rest, but he joked it was better to wear out than rust out. And so a sick man gave a powerful sermon to an attentive congregation. And after his sermon, he passed a note into the hands of a dear relative. And on it were the words of a hymn that he had written. And that hymn was sung for the first time at his funeral two weeks later. Fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and all comforts flee. Help of the helpless, abide with me. A man facing darkness desires to declare the gospel. And in the middle of his darkness writes a hymn about the comforter. And I think that's amazing. Have you ever faced darkness? The night deepens and the clouds cover the sky. What is your darkness? The workplace, (laughs) the school, the home, the bank account, the stress, the loneliness, the worry about loved ones, the fear of the future, depression, politics, war. Maybe it's an inner darkness like a sin that you face or an external darkness like broccoli. (laughs) Today I'm here to speak about hope, truth and light. And it's my prayer that we would all experience comfort today. I consider this, we're in the Holy Sermon, we're in the Holy Spirit Sermon Series, and I got to do one a couple of weeks back, and so this is my own mini-series. I consider this to be part two of my own mini-series of my sermon that I preached on the 22nd of May. So you may see some of the same tricks. And I pray that uh, during this sermon, we might get a chance to respond to what God is doing in our lives. I do believe when we approach topics like this, I I always like to premise it with that I I believe uh, in everything I'm about to preach that the Spirit is absolutely a comforter and the Holy Spirit is absolutely with us. But I know that we often face darkness uh, like this. This is from a children's, well, it's a, a book for all ages. It's called I Have a Black Dog and its name is Depression. And it was a book written for... Uh, it, was a, it was a book really written for men to encourage them to get help. And although I believe that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, I also believe in getting professional help, and I think that's okay. And I think sometimes the Holy Spirit prompts us 
to find professional help. Everyone thinks that Bible college is just about learning the Bible. And often I hear it say, oh, you know, people will talk about, you know, other people in their connect group or people that talk about pastors and they say things like, well, I don't know as much about the Bible because I didn't go to Bible college. But uh, two quick points on that. A, depending on what Bible college you go to, you'll get a lot of bias from that particular Bible college. And two, some of my Bible college units were things like counselling 101, working alongside mental health, making appropriate referrals and ethics in professional practice. And so there's actual practical things that Bible colleges now teach young pastors like myself to make sure that we're able to make appropriate referrals, uh, make sure we're uh, careful with confidentiality, all those different sorts of things. And so I absolutely believe in uh, listening to the Holy Spirit when he might be encouraging us to seek professional help. In saying that, I'm very excited about this sermon and what the Holy Spirit might want to do in our lives. Jesus faced darkness. And on the night that he was betrayed... He sat with his closest friends and he spoke these words in John 14. It's a little bit small on the screen, but if you want to head to John 14, verse 15, you can head there and we will read that now. Before Jesus is betrayed and handed over, he says this to his friends. John 14, starting at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will leave you not as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Jesus is about to face a very dark period of his life and so are his disciples. Jesus is about to go to a Roman cross and his disciples are about to be left without their mentor, without their friend, without the one they followed for three years straight. The one who they thought was, was everything was about to be put to death in front of them. So shocking to them that some would betray him. Some would betray him in a sense that uh, Peter, if they asked Peter, oh, don't you know him, don't you know him? And Peter says, no, I, I, never even, I never even knew him. They're about to fa face a very dark period. And almost to give them a little glimmer of hope as Jesus is almost trying to hint at them what's to come. He's trying to let them in on, on what's to come. He gives them this hope. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. If you're in a Bible study, Johnny's been writing amazing Bible studies, so I encourage you to join a connect group. 
I enjoyed doing the Bible study this week with my Connect group. And, uh, and you can go check out Johnny's Bible study on this passage. And he talks about a word parakletos, and that word parakletos is here the word helper. And I've got a footnote in my Bible that says, or advocate or counsellor. In the King James Version, it uses the word comforter. And I love that Jesus... Before he faces his dark time, before the disciples face their dark moment, he promises them a comforter. Even Jesus, even after Jesus rises again, and you know, there's a little bit of doubt, is it really him? Let me touch the holes in your hands. Even after he rises again, he's going to ascend. And they watch him ascend. And I don't think it would have been as painful as seeing him on the cross because he's lifted up in a very different way. But as he ascends, you might be thinking, will we see him again? Will we see him again? We loved him being with us. Maybe a different type of darkness. And it's a 40-day wait. But Jesus promised, I will give you another helper. Jesus faced darkness. So I want to go through this passage and I want to pull out a few different little things that stand out to me and in my perspective on what this passage might be trying to teach us today. Our passage begins with, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. In my Bible study, one of the people questioned, doesn't that sound a little bit forceful? Like, you know, my love is, like we preach about unconditional love and yet we read in this Bible, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I mean, Jesus is the only one could say that. Men, I wouldn't recommend saying that to your wife at all. In fact, I think that would be quite dangerous. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It might make you ask, who is Jesus and what are his commandments? Let me tell you a little bit about this Jesus. In John 8, we read the story of a woman who's caught in incredible darkness, a woman who's caught in the act of adultery, a woman who probably feels immense shame and pain. And they bring, him, they bring her before this Jesus, this Jesus who's like God with skin and bone on, who came into a dark and weary world. They bring a woman who feels like she deserves to be judged before this Jesus and instead of judging her, he forgives her. And after he forgives her in front of all the teachers of the law, in front of all the people who wanted to darkness to rule that day, in front of all those people, he forgives her. And then he says these words, I am the light of of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the Pharisees couldn't wrap their head around it. That the God of the universe would come and Jesus goes on to say, in this moment, I'm not going to judge but if I were to judge, I would be the only one on this planet who has the right to judge. And even though he's the only one on this planet who has the right to judge, in this moment he chose to forgive. And he says, I am the light of the world. That's who this Jesus is. 
that we are called to love. I don't know if you've encountered the light of the world. I have. I don't follow Jesus because, uh, well, I do follow Jesus because I believe in the history of this book and there's lots of history to it. But I don't know with all, the, if with all the studies out there and the atheist opinion on this book, I don't know if I would still be following to this Jesus today if I hadn't actually encountered the light of the world. I've encountered, I have, <laughs> what would you say? I have seen the light. And the light is so wonderful that it makes me turn away from my darkness to pursue the light. And my only response to that light is love. And this Jesus who says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands, he took that whole law and he made it two commands. He said, love me and love others. We, of course, have a saying in our church that we are desperate for God and passionate for people. If you love me, if you love the light, love God and love people. And he says, if you love me and keep my commands, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. I used to be afraid of the dark when I was young, or maybe <laughs> young, what's young? I guess contextually, <laughs> don't have an age for you. But I remember specifically going to my uh, great auntie's house and being, they, they, that was the, I've preached on that before, that was the farm with the sheep and it was an old farm. It was like one of those, you know, rackety houses, is that what you would call that? Makes noises in the middle of the night. And I remember for a few nights going on this holiday, sleeping with the light on, in fact, I remember going actually to sleepovers to friends' houses where I would just sleep with the light on the whole night when the parents of those friends would think that was incredibly weird. And I remember going out to this farm and, and sleeping with the light on and Auntie Jan, my great aunt, must have thought that was no good. And so, <laughs> even at this age, I was quite a staunch Lutheran Christian sort of funny I remember going on holidays and there was no Lutheran church in that town like this is how staunch I was as a young child and there was no Lutheran church and they were like it was like you know let's go to church on Sunday but there was only an Anglican church and I was so staunch Lutheran it was like I'm not going to an Anglican church I'm a Lutheran boy have I changed <laughs> but um I remember so like, and Aunty Jan brought in this little porcelain angel a really small porcelain angel doll and she said something to the effect of, oh, here's an angel to watch over you while you sleep. And she put it up on, the, on, like a, on, a, on a cabinet. And I started sleeping with the light off. Now, I don't believe that this little porcelain angel by any means was a real angel. But what a cool symbol of the ever-present help that we have in Jesus, the ever-present helper. And I think in those moments in my upbringing, I learned that the Spirit is always with us when we love the light. Because when we have the light within us, 
Psalm 139 says, not even the darkness is dark to him. That's the past. What about the present? We're all facing different issues. (laughs) And it's not a contest about who's going through the worst stuff. But even today as I get up and I preach, I've been desperately trying to plan leave with my family recently. I had a trip planned down to South Australia and family members got COVID and so that was cancelled. And so my family had all planned a trip this week, this, this, this week from tomorrow, they're going to get an Airbnb and it would be the first time my sister who's in the Navy would be the first time we'd be able to see her in a year and a half because of COVID and she's been over in Perth and the whole family was going to be together in one place. And then on Friday night, halfway through the night, I get a text from my little sister who's in the Navy and they've called her onto her ship two weeks early as the ship needs to go to Darwin to prepare. And she's obviously very distraught because we had this whole thing planned, a whole, whole trip planned. And life happens. And she got called onto a ship. She was feeling a lot better yesterday, but I didn't dare call her on Friday night, I tell you what. Darkness happens. And I could pray and I could pray and I could pray and I could pray. But my sister's getting on that ship to serve this country in the ways that she is about to go and serve this country, whether that be through humanitarian aid or protecting our borders. And I know that as much as I pray, the ship's engine's not going to break down. And even if the ship's engine did break down, it would be a whole thing trying to plan extra flights to get her down here. But what I can pray is that my family this week would experience light amongst that darkness. And what I can pray is that my sister would experience light amongst that darkness. Because I love the light And Jesus promises that if we love the light and follow his commands, he will ask the Father and he will give us a helper, an advocate, a comforter, light. So the question becomes, how does this spirit comfort us? How does this spirit comfort us? And I'm going to jump forward to read you a verse in verse 26. It says this, I have much to say, oh, I'm in, oh. Sorry, I'm in the wrong part of my Bible. Wrong verse 26. Let's go back over to this one. Verse 26. That's the wrong page as well. Oh, it's over here, verse 26. I'm someone who doesn't like highlighting my Bible, although it would really help me in times like this. 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said. So if we believe in Jesus and love the light, if we believe in Jesus and love the light, he will send us the Spirit who will in turn remind us of Jesus. Isn't that some circular thinking? If you love the light, he will give you the Holy Spirit who will remind you of the light. Because sometimes we need to be reminded. 
It says it this way in, in a few chapters later, because, you know, he goes on to have lots of discussions with his disciples on his, last, on his last moments with them. And then in John 15, 13, it says it, it, says it this way, John 15, 13. I'll get it right this time. Greater love... What about, where am I? Johnny, what am I doing wrong? Sorry, I'm over here in the work of the Spirit. John 16, John 16, no, it's not John 16, ah, it is, it's John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. So if you believe in the light, he'll send you the Holy Spirit, which will remind you of the light. I know that might be a little bit to wrap your head around, but I believe that this is what the Holy Spirit does for me. When I'm facing darkness and I know, I know the gospel, I preach the gospel, I love Jesus, I'm trying to love God, I'm trying to love people and I'm going about my day and then I hit a wall. I hit a wall, gone about my everyday life here at youth, trying to love God and love the youth. And I hit a wall, I get a text message that says, I can't come on the holiday. And in that moment, sitting here on Friday night at a youth, I believe that the Holy Spirit can shine a light on Jesus. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit helps me to remember that Jesus is the light of the world. And he helps me remember that Jesus says, I'm always with you. And he helps me to remember that Jesus, Jesus died on the cross and rose again to conquer death, that there is a future hope and a present hope, that he's with my family, that he's with my sister, and I'm so glad that I have the Holy Spirit to remind me of those things. To remind me of the light. He points us to the gospel. And when we wrap our heads around this, which, as I said, is a little bit circular, we can become light. And the Holy Spirit not only reminds us of Jesus, but in doing so, in becoming a person that loves Jesus and is full of the Holy Spirit, he not only reminds us of Jesus, but the Spirit is able to help us shine a light towards Jesus for others. I talked at the beginning of the sermon about my time in Bible college and Bible college was great, and I did love Old Testament survey, New Testament survey. I did love the person work of the Holy Spirit. I did love homiletics. That was probably my favorite. I didn't love Hebrew. It was very difficult. But I honestly believe that 
my time in Bible college wasn't really the place where I gained most of my biblical knowledge and understanding. I think most of my biblical knowledge and understanding came from sitting with uh, strong Christian mentors, asking questions, praying with people, uh, lying on a trampoline under the stars, singing with friends, looking at the universe. I think that's where a lot of my understanding came from. I, I had a very inquisitive mind. Like I was the kid in, in high school that was like, say if someone was trying to explain to me how God created the world in seven days and how amazing that is and how powerful he is that he could create the world in seven days. I'd be sitting there like, if he's so powerful, why didn't he just create it in one? <laughs> so I was very inquisitive. I asked lots of questions. And so, you know, you know, some people have the problem with like, why, you know, nah, it must have taken millions of years. I had the opposite problem. I was like, why did it take seven? <laughs> why did it take seven days? So I was very inquisitive. And so a lot of my, I, I feel like a lot of my story comes from sitting with like, uh, with a, a lot of the time strong men of the faith, strong spiritual fathers and praying and talking and asking questions. And I realized looking back on it, that those, those, those uh, men and women that I would talk to and encounter, I believe they were living this out. They loved Jesus and they were following his commands to love others. And in turn, Jesus was filling them with the Spirit, reminding them of everything about the gospel so that they could shine a light into my life. So... I wonder if you need comfort this morning. Looking around the room, can't peer into everyone's heart. But I know a lot of people in this room, the people I've encountered, I know that we are a church that is desperate for God, that loves Jesus. I know that we're a church that's passionate for people. And because of that, I know that Jesus promised to send his Holy Spirit to remind us of the light. I said at the beginning, I don't know what darkness you're facing, whether it's very practical like me or, or if, it's, if it's something hidden, you know, that you don't talk to anyone else about or maybe it's a health thing like Henry Light. I know that we all face darkness and I know that we all can be this shining light for each and every one of us in this room when we become filled with the Spirit. Someone sent me a very encouraging Facebook message this week. And I said, well, I think the Holy Spirit speaks through Facebook messages. Because we all are a shining light for each other when we're all filled with the Spirit. And sometimes we need to sit in spaces and just let the Holy Spirit minister us and remind us of the gospel, that the world was groaning for a saviour, covered in darkness, darkness of all kinds. And so the only possible solution to bring light into darkness was for the source of light itself to put on skin and bone and come down to be amongst the people to be amongst this world. And light, light, he said, I am the light of the world came down to earth. And we didn't like the light because we were addicted to our darkness. And so we tried to 
cover the light up. We tried to put the light down. We tried to hang the light on a cross. But light always overcomes darkness. And when we tried to snuff out the light, light is so powerful that three days later, Jesus rose again. And often we say that he rose again in glorious light. So that ever would trust in this light, that it would ever believe in this light, can have the light of life that is with them always. And so I encourage you, if you are facing darkness, you can put your trust and your love in Jesus. And he will send you the Holy Spirit to be with you always, to remind you of the light. During my first couple of years on the coast, most of my time was spent worrying about being single and why I didn't have a girlfriend. And sometimes I'd get rejected by whichever girl I was <laughs> trying to pursue. <laughs> and that would get me really down. And I had, a re I had one of my best mates, his name was Eddie Williams, and he was um, an awesome guitarist. And, you know, we were just two young mates hanging out. We'd hang out all the time. And, uh, and sometimes both, either of us would face darkness in our lives, whether it be being, being rejected by someone or whether it be, you know, going through a hard time financially or whether it be any of these sorts of things. And I remember that we would, we would go to the, the house that he was living at. He lived in a granny flat of a certain house. And they had a, a big property, a big paddock. And they had a trampoline in the middle of this big paddock. And it was a big enough property that, you know, it was just far enough away from the lights of, you know, of Erina and the Central Coast that you really could see the stars. And I remember that I would, we would lie on the trampoline and Eddie would get out his guitar. So I apologise to the camera crew, but I'm going to... I said it was part two of our previous sermon, so we're going to do a reprise of last week. We're going to do a reprise. And Eddie would get out his guitar, or I would get out my guitar, or we'd get out our guitars, and we'd sit in the middle of darkness, in the darkness of night, and in the darkness of whatever issue or problem we were facing. And we would sit in the middle of our darkness, and I believe that the Holy Spirit would be with us because Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would be with us always and the Holy Spirit would remind us of the goodness of God and in response to the goodness of God we would sing and so Caleb's going to help me for a sec can we have some darkness Caleb please oh moody and can we have some stars please Caleb oh <laughs> Where's the trampoline? Yeah, I should have brought a trampoline. Yes, <laughs> and we would, and we would, and would. Grant, could you help me hold this microphone for a sec? I warned Grant I was going to throw him under the bus at the beginning of the service. So, I know Grant makes a good microphone stand. We didn't have a microphone stand in the um, on the trampoline, but, and we would sit in the darkness, me and my friend Eddie, underneath the stars. I'm always fascinated with stars, like in the middle of pitch darkness, God made these lights in the heavens. 
How amazing. How amazing. We'd lie back on the trampoline and we'd uh, sing some of our favourite songs. And one, one I remember in the middle of our darkness with each other, praying for comfort. Who is like you, Lord, in all the earth? Matchless love and beauty and this world. Nothing in this world could satisfy. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Cause your presence is heaven to me. Lord, your presence is heaven to me. Redeemer of my past and present wrong. In my weakness, you are merciful. You're the holder of my future days to come. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Your presence is heaven to me, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Your presence is heaven to me. And I wonder if you're in this room this morning and I think there's two kinds of people in the room this morning and it's each and every one of us I think the first kind of people in the room are people that feel incredibly comforted by the Saviour this morning you woke up and the sun was shining the sun really was shining this morning I saw the water and I thought mm, maybe I should call in sick and just go jet ski And for those people, I want to pray this morning that because you were so comforted by the Spirit as He points to you towards Jesus, you could be a shining light for others so that you can be light in other people's darkness. And I think there's a second group of people in the room who this morning, you need comfort. And... You need the Holy Spirit to point you towards the light so that you can experience that everlasting light for yourself. Can we just all bow our heads and close our eyes for a sec? Because I, uh, I would love to know who I'm praying for. If you're in that first uh, group that is currently... And, I mean, it's, it's got to be everyone in the room. <laughs> we either are 
comfort at all. We need comfort. And um, So everyone's going to have to raise their hand at some point, so don't be afraid of that. But if you're in that first group who feel right now you're filled with the light, I would like to pray for you that you would continue to be a shining light for others. So uh, if that's you, would you just raise your hand for me? Thank you. You can put down your hand. God, I just uh, pray for my brothers and sisters here. I thank you and I praise you that you promised the Holy Spirit. And I thank you and I praise you that you point people towards our Saviour and our Comforter. God, would you continue to fill these people with your everlasting light so that they can shine in the darkness? Would you give them opportunities to go into their community and shine that light so that that others can feel that warmth of your love, so that others can know about the Saviour? God, would you be with these people? We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. If you are in the second group who right now, you need a a helper, a comforter, a counsellor, who can point you towards the Saviour. Would you raise your hand? Because I'd love to pray for you. Yeah. You can put down your hands. Holy Spirit, would you come and work in the lives of my brothers and sisters who need your comfort today. Holy Spirit, would you come and do what only you can do? Holy Spirit, would you come and point us towards our Saviour, the light of the world? Spirit of truth, would you reveal your truth? from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.